dad having his business, he'd go like, he'd get the, like say he was gonna buy a Bobcat for his business. He'd get like the one he needed and he'd always get two models better. Yeah. And he's like, cause I'm buying for like a year or two years from now. Yeah. I remember thinking like, yeah, that's some rich guy problems. Like whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> and now I totally get it, you yeah. know? No, I totally get it now. It's wild. Because it's like you buy it once and you buy it right. And yeah. you know, it'll last you however many years. Yeah. Instead of having to upgrade every however many months. I think when you're like 18 and you're going to get a phone and it's like, do I get the one with a little bit of memory or a lot of memory? You're like, well, I'd like a lot of memory, but my budget likes a little bit of memory. So you go for that. And now it's like when you go and buy a phone with 50%, at least my business is done on my phone, whether it's communication, taking content, editing content, whatever it is. So it's like, whatever the biggest one I can get is, and if there's a special edition after that, I'll get that. Yeah. Because it's not about my budget anymore. It's all about the capacity of like myself using this tool within my business. Yeah. But I feel like we're both like, <laughs> you know, taught off YouTube and experience. So like... Oh yeah, YouTube's the best like Bible for everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're both in things where it's like the only other people that we can really talk to are people who have been doing it slightly longer than us because the field that we're in is oh, basically ab- brand new. Absolutely. How, however, sometimes, and I found in the like photography industry, depending on who you speak to, they... Like I have a little group of like new photographers that yeah. come in and they think that I'm this, you know, the superior. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's so nice. But like, I'm very open and like, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, I will tell them the ins and outs within respect yeah. of myself. <laughs> but some of the older kind of people are like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to give out all my secrets or yeah that's um it's a tricky one that's just gen what what are our parents they're gen the baby boomers and gen x uh, gen x i think it is yeah yeah like gen x baby boom mentality is like very tall poppy very standoffish i figured out you need to figure it out yeah yeah whereas like you know if you've got a t-shirt brand i'll tell you how to do it yeah i'll I'll, like i'll make your shirts for you i'll promote you i'll do everything i know you're most likely not going to last but if you've got the fucking wherewithal, I'll help the fuck out of you because yeah. there's better off being two of us or 10 of us or 15 of us in town doing it that can all collab and build things and create like a buyer's market where, you know, some you know you do a sale then, I'll do a sale now, we'll promote each other and do all the bullshit rather than like, that guy's the competition. Yeah, and I, and I was on my stories the other, or maybe two weeks ago about this literal conversation saying that like, we're not each other's competition. We mm. are our own whatever you give your clients whatever like that you're giving them something different from the other person yeah um it depends on how much you want to work for your clients what environment you want to give them yeah and like what kind of um like experience as well Mm. um and i think that weeds out the i don't know it's yeah, a tricky one. That competitive nature, I feel like if you're doing that as a business owner, you're kind of focusing on the wrong bit. Yeah. You know, like if you're a carpenter and you're like, I want to be the, the best carpenter in Bunbury, it's like, well, that's not what it's really about. Like if you're going to be like a bespoke carpenter and you love making stools, just be the stool carpenter in Bunbury. Just yeah. focus on that and let someone else make tables and let someone else make doors and together you make a house. Yeah. Very fucking simple analogy, I know. But like, I feel like the more I focus on making clothes that I fuck with, is the more success I get from that because people can see that it's a genuine thing that you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same in your environment. If you create a a situation where your clients feel comfortable and safe and they feel like they can express themselves in a genuine and organic way 
and not the competition, but the other place that they spoke to or whatever, maybe they've had an experience with didn't offer that. And yeah. it's like, that's, that's what's important, not the competition aspect of it, you know? I definitely get a lot of people just say to me like, and, and I've had people that have actually booked with me with high reserves because they've either had, you know, experiences in the past with other people or how they've been approached by other businesses when they've asked a question. Yeah. Like they've just got like a sour taste in their mouth. So it's been so amazing to offer them an experience that they've gone, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's like completely changed their minds. And now they're loyal clients of mine because yeah. it's not... For me, I feel like, yes, you're getting a product at the end, but it's the experience that you're creating yeah, as yeah, a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And also, the better that experience is in the moment, the better the end product is as well. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I feel like photography, like half of it is your photographer's uh, like task or skill to be able to capture that moment when it happens. But it's like entirely, entirely up to the subject to create the moment as well. Yeah. You know? And if you're like in a session or whatever and you're not vibing with them or they're like sitting there stiff because they just don't feel comfortable, then you're definitely, mm. you're not going to get a, an amazing result at the end. So I sometimes wonder if people are just stiff their whole life though. <laughs> you know, like I, I've, like I've done my fair share of photography and I've done my fair share of like both at being in front of it and behind the camera and also like directing photo shoots and getting people to, you know, directing photo shoots. And you just like, sometimes you're like from 8am this morning to 3pm this afternoon, you have not had a moment where you're just like chill, whether the camera is off or on. Yeah. You know? I definitely think there is people out like out there like that. Yeah. I, I've been so, so lucky that generally most of my clients are quite relaxed chilled amazing people yeah i don't know if it's just the vibe that i put out on my socials that i attract very similar like-minded people but yeah. yeah i will say though there has been a couple that have just been like that is the door now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should probably um explain a little bit about what you do because uh actually let me open the podcast hello ladies and gentlemen my name is jake Kerr. we are Probably about five minutes into this podcast today, I'm joined by Cassie from Vintage Kaleidoscope After Dark. Yeah. That's correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. VK After Dark on Instagram. Yeah. Let's start with the name. Where'd that, where'd that come from? Okay. So Vintage Kaleidoscope originally came from, um, I love all things vintage. Um, if you come to my house, you'll see <laughs> I'm like a hoarder for vintage or oh, like yeah. eclectic things. So I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, kaleidoscope coming from a group of butterflies so there's like real big spiritual meanings behind butterflies and I just they've always resonated with me yeah. Um, so yeah that's how VK came up about yeah um, originally I was a family photographer oh yeah so I still have that page up and I am actually I have someone else taking over that very soon yeah. um, but it kind of so the after dark side of things came probably a year and a half into my actual photography career. And again, I was only doing it like on the side. I was pregnant at the time. Yeah. And I remember sitting and like looking through like Pinterest and stuff like that going, I would love to do some more creative kind of shoots. Mm. Um, then I was talking to my friend Justine and she was literally, me and her were like, that's how VK After Dark kind of blew up. We sat in the estuary in like the middle of winter. One year I was pregnant. We were 
freezing and we just created like so much oh, it was just a magical day yeah. um half naked in the estuary just shooting and yeah. as soon as i did that i just realized that that's exactly what i wanted to do yeah, for the rest the of thing. my life yeah um and it was it wasn't until like getting home and like editing it i was like holy shit this is so much more fun there's something here it's a different kind of niche than yeah. anyone else <laughs> because I'm willing to get wet. I'm willing to sit in that water. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing thing. to be covered in bloody mud yeah. for the shot. Um, <laughs> given my gears. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I just, I, I just ran with that yeah. and it wasn't until, so I think that was the winter that I was pregnant. And then in the new year, I was like after pregnancy and stuff like that, I ended up, becoming really um, postnatal depression. Like I yeah. ended up getting that. So I was like, I just need something that's gonna pull me out of yeah. that dark place. And I then started the After Dark page because I was like, it would be so nice to be able to do a lot more of these shoots. Um, let's just open it up. And then that's when I was like, one way to do this is to have ambassadors. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is history, basically. From yeah, there. It's, it's crazy. I, um, I think I twigged on to, I first heard of like your After Dark page a fair while ago now. I remember like, like with a hundred pages that pop up every year of local people doing anything, you're just like, okay, cool. I'll put this on the side burner. If, if it does yeah. anything, it does anything. If it doesn't, I'm, you know, not that I'm not surprised. We're not surprised, you know, cause a lot oh, of people yeah, no. are ambitious. Yeah. And, um, then like, what, maybe three, four months ago, I just like had another check-in and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like everybody knows you, everybody knows of you if they don't know you. And yeah. seems to be a lot of my circle, of the like the girls in my circle have worked with you before. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like since I got the studio. So basically after I, st so I think I started the After Dark page roughly around April, May. And then I was shooting and people were asking me to like do indoor shoots because yep. I was doing a lot of outdoor shoots. Um, it was winter time, so it was really cool to get out in the rain and stuff. But then I started getting requests for like, you know, the sexy bedroom shots for their yeah. husbands and all the rest. And I was like, with experience, like I had had a um, boudoir photo shoot myself years ago yeah. and it was done in my own bedroom. And I was like, I don't want to walk into someone else's bedroom and you just don't know what it's going to look like, yeah. if it's going to be like amazing in the photos. Yep. So I was like, I would love to create like a, a place where I can just shoot solely and it look cohesive and you know, you know the lighting, yeah, you know yeah. the setup, that kind of thing. So I started shooting in our bedroom and I was like, this is just like, it was going to get to that point where it was like business versus pleasure. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. not a nice environment. Environment, Especially as bedroom such. as well. Like I, I even have like kick-ons and stuff here. Yeah. And you get to a certain point and you're like, guys, like not only do I work here, but I fucking live here. Yeah. You know, like just chill, just chill. Yeah. It's so I was toying with the idea that I was, I think it was November. I just went on to realestate.com. I had no idea like, cause at that stage, you know, I'd made like 20 grand mm. and I was like, 
is this going to even be worth looking at like a commercial space? Um, is it properly viable? Yeah, yeah, because obviously I am a stay-at-home mum with two children under three. Mm. So <laughs> there's only so many hours in the day that I can, I yeah, can work. Yeah, be productive and, um, and get a product out. And then if I'm not working at home, is it going, can I get away enough to make it work? So anyway, started playing with the idea, started looking at a few different office spaces and stuff. And I'm like, nothing really, nothing really stood out to me. Um, the place that I am, am in now though, the photos of it online were just trash. Yeah. Like it literally looked like this dingy old dungeon. Like yeah, there was yeah, nothing yeah. appealing, but it had exposed brick. And I was like, oh, that could be nice. Mm. Um, it had obviously the top story and bottom story. So I was like, hmm, let's, let's just go see this in person. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, no, nah, I just, I need to jump. Like yeah, I'm yeah, one yeah. of those people that as soon as I've seen something, you can like imagine something in the future. Yeah, like, you intuitively go like, okay, there's potential here. There isn't potential here. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let's be cheeky because I don't know how this is going to go. They mm. wanted me to sign for a minimum of a year. Mm. How is this going to work? I was shitting myself mm. because a year in the future on, on a business that technically had only been running for six months. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, this is a lot of money. Yeah. Anyway, I was what, what, like, what, what, are you, what are you looking at per week there? It's about 400 with rent, but yeah. insurances and stuff. Obviously. Yeah, or yeah, outgoings and blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So it's not too bad. It is probably one of the smallest spaces in Bunbury yeah. that like anything larger than that, you'd be looking at 1500 a week. It's crazy. It's Commercial mental. property is crazy. And like, as, as we said, like it's your weekly plus outgoings. Yeah. So you're paying all the rates, you're paying all the uh, obviously fucking utilities and stuff. Yep. It adds up so quickly. Hey? Yeah. Insurance on like the glass yeah and everything like i was like oh okay whatever so i was cheeky i offered them way way less mm. than original like so this was the after all of that it was actually going to be more yeah than um but i was like if you want someone in before christmas yeah this is what i'll do this is what i'll offer yeah they kind of offered and we then kind of met back in the middle yeah and i was like you know what stuff it let's let's just go yeah and uh, moving in painting all of that over Christmas yeah that was mental I think I got the keys on the 19th of December unreal so I had like two weeks to like kind of get it to a place where I could actually do something shoot in yeah. there because I had um, my Valentine's Day sessions yeah already booked there was 19 girls coming in on the 7th of January yeah and I had to I had to have that place up and running yeah, so of course. any money that I had just went straight into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but being there, I think it's seven months now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would never look back. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. I mean, especially we we're talking about this before we got started. The like either of us got loans to do this, and I feel like it was just an idea that turned into a better idea that turned into a better idea, and so forth. And you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm I'm a business person, and I'm yeah. in business and doing it. Yeah, like when did that happen? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then like I have had a similar experience now where people who are doing the same thing as you for a little bit less time are like looking at you like you are doing the thing now, and and you're like, yeah, Fuck, I, I guess I yeah I do know the answer to these questions you're asking. You yeah. Know? 
it's it's crazy the amount of people that like come to me and they're like like it's basically like I popped up overnight yeah. and everyone knows me like you said everyone does kind of know of me or if they don't then their friends do and yeah. like it's amazing but there's something to talk into the camera I think like I've I was thinking I was thinking about this one like what do you and I have in common it's that we can both talk to the camera and provide a message fairly effectively I think yeah. A lot of people think they can do that and then they go to do something. They're like, hey guys, I uh, just thought I'd make a story and, uh, and you're like, just shut the fuck up right now though. You know, yeah. like you don't have it and that's fine. Go practice yeah. and come back, yeah. you know, but I think that uh, like you have that, uh, that like relationship with your clients outside of Instagram. Oh, big time. And then get on Instagram and then you can talk to everyone else that isn't a client yet and they feel like, oh yeah, I know this person. Yeah, like you know? I've had so many like, even since the start of the year, so many women and men have come in and, and they've done a session with me. We've vibed so well. Yeah. And they've messaged me the next day going, can I be your best friend? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because like we've just gelled so well. And like, and I have thought about because, you know, there is other photographers that do it. They have an automated system that when you book, you know, you click a link, you get an email. Yeah, yeah. It says, thank you for booking all that. Yeah. I personally message every one of my clients yeah you know because every single session is not the same as the last one yeah someone everyone has something that they're either wanting to convey in their photography or you know like wanting to include um obviously i do <laughs> not just your typical standard boudoir empowerment sessions yeah i do delve into kink and erotica yeah that definitely sets me aside from probably every all the other photographers in Bunbury at least. Hey, what's the, um, what do you think is the, like if someone comes to you and wants to book a kink session, mm -hmm. what do they do with those photos? So mostly it's, it's just for them, depending if it's a couple or if it's, um, it's generally like the bigger kink sessions are the couple sessions yeah. and it's mainly for them. Um, or if they are in like the community, um, they'll share them with others. Um, yeah. Some use them for OnlyFans. Like I have a lot of girls and men that come in for OnlyFans photos. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a, a mixed thing. It's such a like, it's funny because like the, the dickhead part of me wants to go like, there's this revolution of empowering women and all they want to do is like get away with as much as they possibly can on Instagram because they can yeah. You know, and that's where you come in and you're like, oh, I can make you look amazing. Yeah. Just take all your clothes off. I'll make it. Just don't worry. I'll make you look amazing. Yeah, yeah. And part of me gets like, you know, because I'm a boy and I'm a dickhead. And I think like they're just doing it to almost make fun of me sort of thing. Yeah. But the reality is that like, just like me, everyone wants to look good on camera. And typically, if you, like, if you can take clothes off and look amazing on camera, the first thing you want to do is put it on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Put it, on, put it everywhere. You're like, fucking get a load of me. Can you uh, like... 10 years ago, I was a weird fucking egghead looking dude. And now look at me, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely like this. I feel like your skill and the timeline that it's happening in is like so, it's such a, a great combination. And that's, I, I say that to a lot of um, people. I'm like the the women empowerment or the, just the general empowerment um, kind of thing that's going through at the moment is like the best timing for my business. Yeah. And it, it scares me because I'm like, is this just a phase? Will it will it drift out very soon and we'll all become self conscious again? Like no 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 no. Hot chicks will always be hot chicks. Yeah, I guarantee. <laughs> I, I can like I stand by that. So actually, it's, that's one of those things where that all almost goes into the whole conversation of like trans and da 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 at the moment where 
it's like I feel like I heard this good argument the other day that women have been fighting for the past you know you can say 50 100 years whatever you want to get all these rights and powers back and now you're just giving it back to men who decide to be women yeah and it seems fucking bizarre but I think there is a truth and that hot chicks will always be hot chicks you know what I mean? Like I put this status up the other day saying that the rules don't apply to smart men and hot chicks and that will <laughs> always be relevant, you know? Oh, so funny. And if you're the person who is capturing the moments that these hot chicks exist, then yeah, long live the fucking photographer. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's always so envious of my, my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a position to be in. Yeah, they're just like, you get to do what every day? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Is there, is there much of a um, OnlyFans presence in Bunbury? There is. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely. Um, more so the younger kind of generation, right. though. Um, so most of them do it anonymously or, like, they'll trap... I have a few that will travel from Perth yep. to come see me. Maybe because I'm not, like, the Perth photographer. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm someone different. There's, like, three of them in Perth that do that sort of thing. Hey, the, the real OnlyFans-style photographers... Look, I think there's a few. Um, I don't really follow a lot of Perth photographers. Yeah. Just because I, if I follow a photographer, I have no idea where they come from. Yeah. There's one that there's actually two that I follow quite, like exclusively, um, because I think their work is amazing. However, I definitely know that there is male photographers up in Perth that do basically OnlyFans. So. Man, I know there's one up in Perth, and he has. I don't know whether it's an OnlyFans page or he has like a website built that is behind a paywall and that you have to subscribe to see the photos that he takes of other people. It's like these people exist on his profile as his models. Yeah, I think so. And then like, I don't know whether they get a split of the photos or what it might be, but it's just like, look, I'm a businessman. I love creating opportunities and, and income streams for yourself, but that seems a little bit... Um, ex when you take it ex ex when you're exploiting someone you know what yeah, i mean absolutely it's like fully just charge them an arm and leg for the photos if you're that good and then let them go and make all their money back on their own page, yeah you yeah know? because you're almost like cutting them off on what the potential that they can have for their yeah own yeah photos, yeah that's right if if they want to do that you know but with that said i mean fuck what do i know i know nothing about his actual setup so whatever no me either the uh <laughs> it's funny though going back saying that like a lot of people do only fans anonymously like I'm not sure if you know, I had a pretty, not like semi-successful OnlyFans page. No, see, I only see this pop up on your like page the other day and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to explain it to me. It's a fucking crazy story. <laughs> I, um, I had a friend who had an OnlyFans page, a guy who like exclusively made, exclusively made content for guys. And it's like... I think I know who he was. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't say... Not, yeah. not, not that there's a problem saying his name, but he hasn't asked me to not say his name. I just don't yeah. want to throw him under the bus if he doesn't no, throw him under enough. the bus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, um, he was like, dude, you should do it. And I was like, yeah, of course everyone should just do it if, if you know, you can do that instead of working a job. Of course you should just do it, but the ramifications of it, you know? And I got to a point where I was like, fuck working a normal job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this, you know? Yeah. And it was at a time where I wasn't giving up a job to do it, but the idea was to do it until it grew, grew to a point that I didn't have to work a job anymore. And at the same time, I was saving money to go traveling. Um, we bought a caravan and a car. COVID happened, we got stuck. Yeah. And I already quit my job at this point. We just had like money, a caravan and a car. We got to Mandra. <laughs> so then I was just like, fine, I'm a fucking full-time you know, adult star now <laughs> for, for OnlyFans. I got like 4,000 followers on Instagram, had like a porn name, the whole lot. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was, it was like, you know, I post daily on Instagram and OnlyFans and it was cool. 
But at the same time, you got this product that you really want to get in front of your customer and nobody else. You don't want to pay for this for the, for this product to be out there and like promoted and everybody see it. And say 10 people sees them and one of them is your mom and the next one is your friend and the next one is a gay dude and the next one is someone you went to school with and so on. Yeah. It's like, can we just cut out that my friend and my mom and the person I went to school with and just get them in front of the dudes who are going to buy this content? Yeah. You know? So it's like there's this weird kind of, um, what do you call it? When con- Contradictory situation where you were trying to do it anonymously. Yeah. Like I wasn't Jake the porn star. I was... Uh, I'm not going to say my name, otherwise people <laughs> fucking find it. But I was, I was this person, the porn star, and I like would try try my absolute hardest to promote the shit out of myself. But at the same time, as soon as someone found out, I'd be like, Nah, it's fucking someone else with the same tattoos. Yeah, you know what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And now it's like you got people. Say you got like a chick who's 21 lives in Bunbury. Bunbury's got a population of 40,000 people. Yeah. 100 if you include Australian to Jalorup. And they're trying to make money out of it in a way that's significant enough to justify being on OnlyFans. Yeah. But not promote themselves in such a way that their actual classmates and parents will find them. Yeah. What a world we live in. I know. And it's funny because, um, like, a few of the, my clients and stuff, you know, that will we'll have conversations about OnlyFans and stuff. They're like, stuff it, like, let's just do it. But the people that are actually on OnlyFans will go, no, actually, like, it takes a lot of time and effort and you have to be constantly like creating things yeah. and like on it like working it like a job 100 percent. um it's not a get money ri- a quick scheme kind not of at thing. all not at all so. and like this is the thing you have those especially like the boosts on in, on instagram and you'll have like a day where you gain 500 followers and you're like the fuck like that's amazing that's such a high you can't compare that with anything it's kind of like winning the lottery yeah you know and then you have days where that 500 translates to 100 new subscribers on OnlyFans. And you're like, that's now I've got money in my account. This is for real. Yeah. But then you've got 100 new people to impress. Yeah, exactly. And they've seen the 60-something videos that you've already got. They're, they're, they've seen every angle of you doing that one thing. So <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, exactly. And don't forget, you're up against every other dude in the world who's doing this. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the stage that you're on is so much more significant than what you think it is. And people like, yeah, the, the first $1,000 you make, you're like, this is nuts. By the time you've made your, you know, tenth thousand dollars, you've done a little bit of shit you don't want to do. By the time I imagine you get to a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> making it creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And like, this is the thing. Okay, everybody can do the in front of the camera stuff. You've got the like, if you're doing it by yourself, you've got the setting up the camera, the editing it after the fact, mm-hmm. the then cutting it down into smaller parts so you can then promote it on the Instagram. And then you've got making creative titles and you've got the the whole thing of maintaining conversations with dozens of people at a time every fucking day, you know? Yep. So it's like this idea that OnlyFans is this easy way out. It's like, it's, no, it's, not. it's actually just as hard as having a normal job and you're selling your soul. Yeah, and and also if you're trying to keep it anonymous and then mm. like your parents find out or your sister finds out or, you mm. know, your uncle subscribed. Yeah. Or whatever, you yeah. know, like... Wild shit. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if you're covered head to toes in tattoos and you do this and then one day you run for council, something will fuck it up for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's exactly what I've gone through this year. Where, like, I literally had to ask people in the... in in crazy positions in this town and being like, hey, so I used to have this like hobby, right? That I got on camera and, and they're like, Ooh. it's either going to be a major help or a major... Hindrance. Hindrance, yeah. yeah. So I, it's, it's funny, you know, when you get fucking face tattoos, everyone's like, oh, what if one day you want to get a proper job? And you think, nah, I never will. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't go on OnlyFans before 25. I think that's my advice here. Yeah, don't, don't do anything stupid before 25. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shit. So what's the... Uh, what Are all of your clients female? Are you saying before you do have some males come through? Yeah, yeah. I've had um, a few repeat males. Yeah. Um, most of the... I can't, like... Most of the... And, like, half of the stuff you I even post on Instagram is only, like, you know quarter of what I do yeah, that yeah, made yeah. no sense half no no, no I, know, I know what you're saying but like yeah. I have so many albums that are private because yeah. they're you know they're people that don't want to be on like social media or anything like that mm. and absolutely I respect that um so a lot of males do fall into that category yeah um or a lot of like couples do fall yeah, into that yeah. category <clears> as well <throat> because one they do have tattoos or you know, they have particular jobs, especially around the Southwest, that they're like, no, it's not going to... Yeah, gel well. Yeah. On Monday morning when I rock up and they're like, we've seen you in... Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I think, like, there is a huge, huge community around Bunbury, especially, like, with the kink side of things as well. Mm. It is discreet. Yeah. I can't believe how much of a kink community there is in Bunbury. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. Even the six months or the seven months that I've been in the studio, mm. just how many amazing people I've met that are all the bloody same. Yeah. And yeah, so there is conversations of starting something so people around can kind of come together in Interesting. a sense. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that... Um Oh, you know, you don't want to cross kink into like swinging communities, even though they're kind of the same circles. But I think a lot of stuff where people do come together is very just like uh, unofficial. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the way that the world is going as well, like this sort of mentality is only like, I, th I feel like this is just the beginning of it all. You know what I mean? They do say at the end of every... Um, at the end of every civilization, the first thing to break down is gender. The next thing to break down is sexuality. The third thing is to break down, to break down is relationships. And it's like, we're seeing the early days of that exact thing. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, like, you know, uh, I forget the stats, but it's like 80% of people under the age of 25 are not having sex at all. Like not like they're not having regularly, they're not having sex at all. Yeah, wow. And it's like, it totally makes sense because you have like unlimited access to OnlyFans and whatever's yeah. on the internet. And then it's like, I can, as a male, I can go and embarrass myself in front of a girl trying to get her attention. Or I can just get the hottest chick that ticks all of my boxes on repeat on the internet at any hour of the day. Why the fuck would I Very leave the true. house? Very true. You know? <laughs> and then like tie that into this idea of like, not that there's any problem with it, but particular people saying like, you know, I feel like I was born into the wrong body. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life exploring the options of changing that or feeling more comfortable in the skin that I'm in through whatever means that is. Yeah. It's like you look around and you go, shit, man, I, I don't have many friends where their parents are still together. I don't have many friends that are in like real successful relationships where they're focused on getting better and growing with each other. And, yeah, yeah. you know, like building character in the relationship and in themselves and helping their partners. You start to go like, shit, what's going on in the world, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, just this new, like, wave yeah. that's come in and, I don't know. Where do you think it's come from? I have no idea, but definitely, like, obviously, like, when we were younger, like, I'm 31 this year. Yeah. So, 
that you know, like Josh is thirty-one this year as well, isn't he? Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's he, the like, old. He's yeah, the but old. he he turned thirty-one this year. Yeah. Yeah, so we're all the same age. Oh, okay. I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. realize you were in the same. Yeah, same year as Josh. Because uh, I went to school with Josh in uh, year ten at Newton Moore. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, we're in the same whatever. Yeah, That's fuck crazy. yeah. Yeah, I got kicked out of BCC <laughs> halfway through year ten and went to Newton Moore, and then for year eleven went to Bunbury High. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sandhill to Mall. <laughs> done, done well. Well, I met Josh in year 10. Oh, wow, okay. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, actually, no, it must have been year 9, because he either, oh no, he did year 10 and then went to TAFE or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it all kind of came together when Kieran started working for my old man. Right. And, of course, like, he talked about Josh all the time, and then ended up hanging out with Kieran a little bit after hours, and, like, Josh would be there. I was just like, fuck. I was so scared of you in school, eh, man? <laughs> Such a wild boy in school. I say that about his dad. Like, oh, when yeah? me and Josh used to date in, like, when we were 15. Yeah. I was like, oh, so scared of you, old man. And now I'm like, Steve is, like, so lovely. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think my old man was, like, they either got on the piss, like, regularly for a short period of time. I remember he'd be talking about, you know, Hazy, Hazy, Hazy. I'm like, is that Josh Hayes' dad? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm like, that kind's pretty scary, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if his dad's anything like that, but just fucking be careful around dad's like, yeah, all right. You, I mean, have you seen my dad? No, He's I the baddest looking dude ever. <laughs> he's, he's not scared of anyone, you know? <laughs> but yeah, interesting. We're all the same age, sorry. When, yeah, when, right. we're, when we're younger, you were saying? Oh, I was just um, saying that, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, Facebook, social media, yeah. any of that. Like, I think I got social media when I was just out of school or... Yeah. I mean, I was definitely late to it because my parents had, like shitty dial up internet yeah <laughs> but yeah like i think a lot of that is now that's coming so true from that. because yeah, yeah th- this is one of those things that's been happening so long we we stop we don't really think about it anymore but like you're right i remember the first time someone told me about facebook it was a weird guy at the rink and he's like no facebook was like the new myspace and you're like shut the fuck up man like yeah yeah you, know, you keep putting the skates away you know what i mean and then yeah look at that how that turned out for us all i just think it's so convenient for people to stay in touch with people but then you get the repercussions of so many other things that happen yeah this is like saying guns are really good at good for target practice but we're just going to disregard them how many murders happen because of them yeah you know what i mean it's like yeah facebook is super effective at keeping in contact with people it's also Super destructive for my mental health when I'm yeah. trying to just chill on Sunday afternoon and I'm watching fucking some stupid documentary that's made by someone my age from another country about something they don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, it's like it just seems to be this, I don't know, I don't know. The entry, the age to entry now is like between 10 and 14, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you would know people that have, and I don't, know, I don't know if you've done this with your kids, I don't know, but they've documented their whole kid's life on Facebook. It's funny because I like when I was a mum of one. Yeah. I used to brand rep for um, businesses, and like my son was, you know, the model. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. a lot of things, and I was daily posting. I was, you know, on social media talking about mum life and all of this bullshit. And it got to a point. One, I had another child, and I was like, "There's just there's more to do with my life than put my kids on." like kids yeah, yeah, yeah. straight on to social media. Interesting. What do you think was a catalyst for that? I realized that there were, I don't know, like 
time kind of does not stand still for anyone. Yeah. And instead of trying to get that perfect photo for my kids to be exposed online, I'd yeah. rather just take them to the park or... Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I remember... And, like, I'm not going to be one of those people that says having a dog's the same as having a kid because I fucking know it's not. You have to, like, <laughs> let parents know that before you get started. Oh, yeah. But uh, when, when we first got Louie, I, like, made it a rule with Riz. I'm like, no photos. Take all the photos for you. Don't put them online, you know? Yeah. Because I don't want Louie... Because she's a, you know, gorgeous little little <laughs> dog. And I don't want her to be the dog that we got for Instagram. Yeah. Like she's a dog that we got for the family. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get to a stage and there, there will be a threshold where I'll start posting it. But we need to get past like, that first six months and just like hold this for us, you know? Like yeah. hold it really close and dear to us. Yeah. But I just think like there's, there's one person here in town and I've known her for... Her boy must be must be close to 10 because she was doing this back when I had the coffee van and like daily photos wow daily photos and like I I look at this kid now and I've seen him in real life and it's bizarre because I look at him the same way people look at me when I go into Fitzy's and I've seen on my podcast and they've looked at my coffee review videos and they're like I know you and I'm like I've never fucking seen you before and that's why this kid looks at me you know as I'm like oh how you going dude and he's just like yeah good you know and it's like man I've I watched you go through everything. I remember when you had fucking chicken pox when you were two and a half years old. Yeah. I, you know, like That's I even know you, the dramas that your parents went through when you were fucking <laughs> five. Like I know it all, dude. Yeah. No fault of his own. You know, what a weird world. Oh, that's just mental. It Especially is. putting it out, like saying a 10 year old. That's just crazy. Mm. That's yeah, crazy. it is. And then what's the, uh, what's the transition from there to their own social media? Exactly. You know, like, how does that work? You know, and like, imagine we had the benefit of finding our character online when we were kind of transitioning into adults. Yeah. You know, by the time I was posting and like doing things, you like had half a brain on you. And it's like, man, I can't imagine how many dick pics I would have sent at 14 if I had Snapchat. I cannot imagine. Oh, absolutely. You know? And like, even when Facebook memories come back, come up, like, you know, even from when I was 16 or 17 or whenever I had initially got onto social media I look back and I'm like fuck that's so cringy yeah I'm like couldn't imagine having it any earlier yeah and like yeah the way it is now uh, yeah and everything like literally everything you do in life is to look good online yeah you know it's like you go to the place down south and get the place with the pretty view so that when you get the photo and post it everyone knows that you went somewhere with a pretty view it's like lost yeah. I don't give a fuck you went to the Crown Towers on the weekend, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's always like that thing where it's like, I get it. As soon as you got there, you put on this outfit and stood by the window and then got someone to take 19 photos of you. And then you looked at those photos and said, oh no, take them again. Like, I know. Yeah. I know. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, if you're, if you're going to that much effort, then why are you fucking around with an Instagram account? Just get OnlyFans. Yeah. You exactly. know, get paid for it. Yeah. Man, I, I especially find it like upsetting when one like one part of the instagram is them looking wild and whatever they're doing on their motorbike or in their bikini or you know and then the other half is them working their normal as fuck job and you're like where's the where's the continuity here in that person's brain you know what i mean like that like are you living in a music video or are you living a life where you're doing xyz for a job every day yeah you know we grew up in movies i feel like we're all trying to be the main character yeah, it was it was really strange because obviously um, once I started my Instagram for like the after dark and stuff like that, I then thought, okay, well, I need to 
become a presence like on my stories and stuff like that so mm. people know who I am but then when I started because like obviously mum life and photography life is a little bit especially when it becomes like a little bit more like exotic. adult yeah yeah like yeah. I have to kind of draw a line of what I post on my mum page yeah. to what I post on my business page uh, or to what I post on just, you know, my standard page. But I felt really strange because going back to my mum's page and talking about my, you know, boudoir business, I was like, they don't want to hear that. That's just, mm. it's just strange. But yeah, I, I ended up st- stopping blogging as a mum. Yeah. One, because I was too busy. Yeah. And there's only so many hats you can kind of wear. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think it's really cool, though, you're finding that moment where you, um, you know, like shooting Justine for the first time and going like, oh, this is it. Like, this yeah. is it. I like this, you know. I think as a, as a creative person, especially when you cross the space and you're going like, how do I monetize this? How do I make this a lifestyle? How do I continue doing it? It's like finding that thing where you go like, oh, I actually fuck with this enough that it doesn't matter how kind of repetitive or annoying or whatever problem it throws at me i'm happy to solve those problems and happy to keep pushing forward yeah i feel like that is half the battle just finding that thing where like oh oh this is fun yeah absolutely and it didn't it took me from about april to october like and i remember it vividly um because we just did a um like a year to date by one day um, anniversary shoot with my one of my ambassadors, Aletha. Yeah. Um, it was literally her shoot a year ago in October that I was like, "Holy fuck! I actually know what I'm doing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, let's let's go. Like, yeah. because before then it was it was nice. It was you know I was taking photos, I was making people feel amazing and stuff like that. But I was still shitting myself before every session. Yeah, that's part of it though. You got to. If yeah. you're not, there's something wrong. Now though, I'm like, I feel like I've stepped up mentally. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking photographer. Yeah, but you got reps in the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're at a point now where like how many times have you pushed a button? Mm. A million? Yeah. Like you got that part. You know, it's like even, it's even, uh, it's funny because I've just gone through this whole kind of mental oh like circus of this what what my podcast is you know and i stopped doing it for like six weeks just because I, I felt like i was talking about the same stuff i wasn't offering any value and then i had three people in the space of like a week all tell me these different bits of information one was like oh i see you as the podcast guy at bunbury yeah absolutely like when someone if someone's going to go on a podcast it's going to be your podcast and like as people come into town if they're important and they are going to end up on a podcast you should be the one asking them yeah and then i had another person tell me that uh that he oh there was some some bizarre story and like it was one of my solo podcasts which is wild to talk to a camera for 45 minutes by yourself (laughs) with nothing to talk about you know and it was some story from that and he's like man when he told me that i like really didn't feel shit about something i'd done earlier in my life that i really held on to a lot yeah i was like oh that's pretty fucking crazy and then i was telling the guys from club good this one that was on my screen before saying like you guys have a podcast that make me feel more human yeah and just all those things together all at once, I kind of realized like, no, 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 you're a podcast guy. You're getting caught up in all these ideas of what that might mean, but just do the podcast. Yeah, you know? exactly. And like, I've done over a hundred podcasts by myself. I've done over 20 podcasts with other people. So I'm at the point now where I've, I've pushed the button a million times where it's like you coming around today doesn't worry me. It's like, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a chat. It's going to be fun. Yeah. A couple hours later, it's going to be done. I'll edit it. I'm going to upload it. I know every part of the process inside out. Just 
do the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So I think you do get to that point as like a someone, especially some someone in a creative space where you're like, right, I've got the palette, you know, like I've got the model, I've got the, the you know, the setting. We've got a general idea of what this is going to be, but there's no guarantee that we're going to make something that's great. It's like that no guarantee, the more you can lean on that rather than be scared of it. It's like that's when you turn into a, like a creative genius. Oh, I guess. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. How exciting. I know. <laughs> What's your, uh, what, where do you want to go from here with, with all of this? So I've kind of given myself, so my r- rental lease kind of thing on the studio runs out in December. Yeah. Um, they want me to re-sign by September another okay. year if I if I'm to stay there yeah obviously I'm gonna stay there um, because in 2025 I have this massive crazy plan to have a warehouse yeah like a full photography warehouse plus room to have other people in there mm. so a shared space um, we've been in conversations I've been in conversations with another um, local business um, we have very like-minded, like, I guess, clients, yep. um, whether it happens, who knows, but it would just be nice to have a space that other people can collaborate in, um, rent out, hire, hire people on Instagram that do like, uh, what are they called? Influencers. Yeah. 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 yeah they do even. branding things. They yeah. can come in, they can hire a, like a little pod of, you know, white yeah, yeah, space. yeah. Um, Something that's like got good sound, good lighting, yeah. adjustable. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the plan is to have different little pods kind of set up for different like feelings and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, have yeah. like my dark and moody set up, have the white and bright and airy, have the boho, yep. have the crazy like glitter room, like, you know, just have different areas and options for everyone to kind of... It's funny you say this, actually. I've been talking to another creative person in town who we had the same... He's in a position where he's got to get a, a, a new commercial space because I don't know whether to get the space I need or get the space I need times five Yeah. and then put you in there for free for the first six months and then let you figure out if it's viable for you to turn into a semi-permanent position and then get other creative people and do the thing. Yeah. So I think Bunbury's probably at a point of like crucial... What do they call it? Critical mass where you're things like this become like a, a real option, you know, because like go back two years ago, who was doing anything realistically in the influencer space in Bunbury? Yeah. There was a handful of people, but not yeah. enough to justify Oh God, no. anything like this. No. You know? And like even, I don't know, and it becomes the people that you meet as well. Like yeah. um, obviously I've crossed bases with so many amazing, like even business owners, owners but they are so little yeah. still, but having it, a combined space for all these little people yeah it kind of makes sense yeah for sure i mean even like this morning i had to fucking rearrange my room again <laughs> into a podcast studio which i'll then rearrange back so i can make clothes later on today it's yeah so fucking annoying but yeah it's part of it you know and then yeah i I've, i'm in the same thing where in the next 12 months it's like right we're going to go to a commercial space you go well ideally what would you have i have a podcast studio i had somewhere where i can do designing that's nice and you know, warm and comfortable and people can chill out and it's like a real space. And then you've got somewhere where you can create the clothes, which is more of like a cold open warehouse sort of thing. Yeah. And somewhere where you can fulfill orders and then you go, okay, well, if I've got a podcast studio, I'm going to use it for two hours a week. Who else wants to have a podcast? Who else wants to, you know? Yeah. And that's, 
you know, obviously I have my makeup artist that comes in yeah. and she uses my space. I've had other photographers that do come in occasionally and like hire my space. Yeah. Um, so it's just finding that next larger space within reason. Yeah, 100%. Jumping even bloody further in. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. You get to a point where you're like, I just got to fucking, like I said with the iPad, like, do I just say, oh, can I get the iPad I can afford? Just get the iPad, you do, we'll do the job. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think um, we even had this, uh, we're DMing about this, like my goal for this year is to do $200,000 turnover. Which like, I don't know. I don't know. I like this year, I think I profited. Like my turnover was like maybe 50 or 60, like not worth writing home about. Like I just survived. Yeah. Just survived. So then to go to 200, it's like more than double. Yeah. Fucking oath. Why not? Why not? The only reason I don't go for 500 is because I know I genuinely can't do it's that with the skills that I have, you know? Yeah. But it's like 200 is right above the threshold that I think is achievable if I work every fucking day at it. Yeah. You know? But this is the, this is the, um, like I've got my uh, winter spring collection event coming up. Yeah. And like the last event I had was say 40 people and I'm trying to get 300 at this one. Yeah, wow. So it's like just aim for the absolute top you think is possible and then even if you get half of that, it's like, well, that's still over four times what I got last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. So it's like, sure, sure. Yeah. And also like as soon as you've done it and you've done it and you've got the data to show, show for it and you realize that it's possible, then it's like, oh, 200 is cool. Let's go for a million. Yeah. The year after, you know. Yeah, I definitely think the ne- the last six months um, of having the the space like my studio, it's just been testing the waters on the things that I can achieve. Yeah. Things that have worked successful, things that haven't worked, and then like, okay, this year I was like, all right, let's just fucking dial in. Yeah. yeah. Let's just go. How many hours a week are you doing this at the moment? <laughs> Honestly. Not enough. Yeah. Like I do a lot of like, like late nights. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't even tell you like hour wise, but. Um, like you'd be doing this five days a week at the moment? I only shoot, say like, so if I've got cover, like babies, babysitting wise. Yeah. Um, say from Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are my shooting days. Yeah. Occasionally I'll shoot on like a Tuesday when the kids are at daycare. Um, if I've got like people that are like FIFO um, and they can come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh yeah, work weekend. with them and yep. Yeah, so um, yeah, a lot of late nights. Yeah, Yeah. yeah so 100%. I don't know, I, I guess as a business owner, you never stop working because never you're always either. doing something or you're always thinking about something. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to be able to sit back and go, okay, I can work five to six days a week yeah. straight out. But yeah, it's like there's At the this... moment, it's just unachievable with... Yeah, yeah, you have to work with like, the time you have, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very like... I'm very aware of the situation of being 30, having no dependency and no debt and starting a business. It's like, bro, go as hard as you can. Absolutely. Because one day Riz is going to be pregnant and then I know everything changes. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like, and, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, we had the one kid and it was so, like... It was hectic and then it was just so easy for yeah. so long and then you had the second one and it's like holy fuck that's yeah. a whole nother level yeah um and we're still finding that's a whole nother level she's a bloody firecracker yeah so whatever she wants goes and yeah she's okay. like 17 months old wow <laughs> how's um how's the conversation gonna go when you're a big time photographer in this exotic industry and you're you're having that conversation it's really funny because like 
oh. and it's really funny because there's been a few of my mums, my mum friends, um, particularly ones that have kind of become friends from the past, like the me having my son as you know a brand rep and yeah. like all that mum life stuff, and they're like, "How are you gonna be a kinky photographer your whole life?" Yeah, and I'm like. I, but I'm not. Mm. That's n- that's one element. But I'm not like. I think, like my kids have come to the studio twice. Yeah. Nothing gets left out or anything like that. Like yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's of course. A chilled, really chilled space. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like that's not all I shoot every day of the week kind yeah. of thing. It is an element, but. I'd like to consider myself as more of an empowerment photographer. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it kind of cuts that, what does mummy do? Yeah. Mummy's a photographer. I think, um, because that, I mean, everyone who is a vendor of something, like we, we create products, you're not actually creating a product, you're invoking an emotion. Yeah, People absolutely. feel like they're part of a club when they wear a black ink t-shirt. They feel yeah. like they're part of the scene, you know? And I think the real, like, the thing that you give, especially women, from my perspective as a silly boy is like <laughs> this this thing of like that's you that's you i didn't i didn't make up anything that's you in the photo you Absolutely. look that good you know yeah so it's like that feeling of like i'm i'm not giving out any new information i'm just kind of showing you what's already there yeah and that that's crazy because like the problem is we all do have social media and like i'm a tall dude with long hair covered in tattoos i can tell you 10 guys off the top of my head that are better looking than me because i have fucking instagram you yeah. know so you constantly have this comparison thing where you're like looking at your friends having this great life looking at these people that you follow in germany and in the u.s doing things that are finer and better than you and create better designs and all the rest and then when you know someone kind of takes the reins and turn around and says like you look just as cool as them according to this photo yeah that's pretty cool isn't it you know so i think that that aspect of like i don't even know what the what the creative way of saying it is other than just like that empowerment, that like reassurance of self and that kind of like confidence uh, rebuilder or builder for people. Yeah. That's probably a more appropriate conversation to be going like, here's, here's, what, here's what is on the front, here's what's going on in people's minds. Yeah. You know? And, it, and it's so true. Like I have so many clients that are shit scared to come in because they're like, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. I'm going to hate what I see. And all the rest and they turn around and they're like holy shit that's me mm. and i'm like yeah you are amazing mm. um so yeah if i if i can do that for someone then that's the best thing yeah mission accomplished eh? yeah absolutely it's funny someone saying like you can't be a kink, kink photographer your whole life like change those words imagine like you just started driving trucks and you hell love it and you're like this is it i'm gonna fucking do it forever now it's like you can't be a fucking truck driver your whole life yeah what can't i can't be a kink photographer Watch for my me. whole life. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, tell me what it's like waking up early to go to your job on Monday morning. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's so interesting because in the same breath, they've kind of said, oh, but if you're looking for someone to help, mm. oh, but you've just kind of like shoved the... No, you shot me down. Now you're trying to like be a part of it. Yeah. Mm. No, no. That doesn't work. <laughs> I think a lot of... um, It's the same as like... It's the same as like when people pick on you at school. It's typically because they're like some sort of jealousy or something going on there. It's like also if you can be a kink photographer your whole life, what does that mean that I can do? And what am I holding myself back with right now in not doing that? Yeah. You know? I think, uh, and, and the thing is, a lot of people are like, holy shit, 
how are you so successful? Like, I don't consider myself successful right now. Yeah, yeah, But, like, how did that work? Mm. Mm. How did you pick that up and be like, yeah. I think a lot of that is that you probably subconsciously had the conversation with yourself of, I want to do something that I like doing. Yeah. And then the conversation that follows that is, well, what do I like doing? Yeah. A lot of people don't have that conversation. A lot of people don't have hobbies. They finish their job and they go home and they scroll on TikTok and they make dinner, they go to sleep. They wake up, they go to work. Yeah. On I've the weekends. I've been like that. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm so busy doing so many fucking things that like I literally don't have time to have a job, you know? Yeah. So then when you find something that you like doing and the, and the roads cross where you can monetize it at the same time, you're like, everybody get out of my way. I'm about to take over the world. You know? I literally had that. I literally text that to one of my girlfriends the other day. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to take over the world. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> but once this is the thing. Like, once you have that freedom, where you're like, like people ask me, well, like you do black ink, like, and what else do you do? I'm like, no, no, this is this is the main income. Yeah, you know. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm dialed into black ink. First thing I do is I pray and I tell the universe. I'm going to take over the world with this thing called black ink. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's what I'm willing to give up for it. Here's the path. Here's a step for today. Here's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. And then I go do it. And then all day I do black ink. And then when I go to sleep, I dream about black ink. And that repeats every single fucking day. Yeah. You know? So you get to a point where it's like, well, I'm not trying to just live now. I'm going to keep doing this until this grows so big that literally taking over the world, it's like that ceiling of what's possible. Because most, most people that have that ceiling of like, I make 65 grand a year. I work Monday to Friday, nine to five. That's my ceiling. Yeah. But when there's no ceiling or you realize you can push that ceiling and push it and push it and push it, you're like, taking over the world is the only option for me. Absolutely. Mm. That's <laughs> like, I'll be, I probably won't even be happy when I've done that, you know? Yeah, like what's next? Yeah. Yeah, I've always been that person. And like, I should say like, you know, this wasn't, I wasn't this outspoken or this like confident years ago. Yeah. I did have to go through a lot of shit to get to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm like glad that I'm at this point and the, yeah, the sky's the limit now because yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I think that, um, that growth and progress is like, that's such a convenient byproduct of business. You know, like I find that, you know, even the act of having conversations and communicating and things like, that's probably my, my biggest strength at the moment is like com communicate with anyone on or off camera about anything, just yeah. off you go. And it's like, yeah, that came from having a million uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. That came from fucking up over and over and over yeah. again. So you go like, okay, I know not to open a conversation with this. I know not to close a con I know not to bring this up. I know not to make it about me. I know not to talk too much, Yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, you should be 300% <laughs> better than what you were three years ago because you've oh. had three years of growth, Yeah. you know? Absolutely. And I'm so like I, I'm so proud of the person that has like that I have stepped into. Yeah. And I can say, you know, in three years' time, I'm not going to be the same person. Yeah. I'm going to have grown even more. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super, super, super excited for what's to come. And I keep saying that to my girls, yeah. like I talk to my ambassadors, like they're my babies. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. That's the idea of having ambassadors, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. They they're honestly like, you know, it's amazing. They've all come from different backgrounds they're all different ages stages you know i've got two from mandra um that just idolize me yeah um and yeah like it's so amazing to have this little group and i'm like guys all right you know here's my word vomit for the day yeah like and they'll back me up and yeah it's just 
it's amazing and they're so excited. It sounds like you've got a little community, actually. Yeah, it, it, it does mm. feel like that. And I, I, and I said to them, I was like, I wish that I could just have everyone in here. Yeah. Um, and have a massive group chat and stuff because we, we have nine ambassadors. Yeah. So there's 10 of us in that chat and like that's hectic enough. But yeah, I know yeah, there's yeah. so many of my other clients that would be love to be a part of this little community. Yeah, I know in a similar way what, what you're up against there because you like you feel like this is really effective and this is really helpful. This is really like valuable to people. But then also if you open up the floodgate, that kind of, um, what's that S word, saturates that, yeah. that value yeah. and it's like this is kind of at its at its most effective right now with the numbers that we've got because of the way it was built yeah. and it's like you kind of want to add one person at a time and even then you want to like vet them and keep an eye on them for a couple of weeks and, yeah you know yeah because um you know obviously when i first started i was like oh we'll just um have three ambassadors yeah. and they're gonna run for three months and then we're gonna like see how I feel about them, how they feel about me, yeah. all the rest. I've only ever, I think there's only been two or three ambassadors that have kind of like, like phased out, yeah. mainly because of their jobs. Yeah, they've said, "Hey, look, it's probably not best that I keep posting because." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of the job that I'm in, or the position that I'm in, or whatever. But for the ones that have stuck around, like they've been my OGs. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, and for it's sure. Amazing, and that's over a year now that I've. I had see more people posting your stuff than you. Yeah. That's that's a that's a wild <laughs> thing. That's the, oh, we can't say his name because YouTube automatically fucking pulls you down. The, oh, you know the guy that's just been locked up in Romania. He just got out of prison in Romania. Him and his brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's his model: getting everyone to use his content rather than him posting it. That's how he blew up. <laughs> Essentially, having yeah, ambassadors. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a wild story for, for like creator influences, the way he came to power and the reason why he's being shut down. It's wild. It's wild. And that ties into what I was saying before about the diminish of society comes from um, gender relationships and sexuality breakdown. If you look at the tenets he's preaching, it's the opposite of that. Yeah, right. It's teaching men to be valuable. It's teaching men to understand what their value is in society and in relationships and not necessarily to play on it, but to be able to appreciate what they offer. And it's like, hey, if you if you get good at all these things that males typically have always been good at, then typically females will see that as valuable. And then you can build a life on these tenants and, and create, and I've said value a thousand times so far, but you can create a valuable life together, yeah, you know? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, let's not go into that topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't want to get banned. Yeah, do, oh, my last podcast with Troy, I'm sure has just been shadow banned or something because we swore too much or I don't know. It's got like 34 views. Look, to be honest, my Instagram page is shadow banned. Yeah, yeah. What's your reach at the moment? What's your engagement? Oh, look, I haven't checked it because um, I've last night I actually lost one of my pages. So I've ha I was like in a hurry to try and like get it back. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so yeah, I haven't I haven't checked it in a while because I'm just too busy like trying to fight the yeah 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 and and it's and it's crazy because some of the some of the actual posts that got flagged and stuff are ones that have like there's nothing wrong with it yeah 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 I know like they've got clothes on it or it's like an engagement shoot yeah but they've literally got clothes on yeah I can understand a couple of them completely understand yeah but also there is that many damn ambassadors and bloody famous people yeah. with ass and titty out. And it's not a problem. And it's not a problem. Yeah. So I don't know what the process is, but I would say according to the problems that I've had, because like, I don't have anyone that physically is a hater to my face, 
but like as far as I'm I'm aware in my point of view everybody thinks I'm the shit because that's how everyone treats me when I'm out that's how everyone treats me online but there is shit that gets flagged on my page on black ink that makes no sense yeah and that, and I'm like is it is it just people being petty at this yeah at being this point? shit yeah you know it's 11 o'clock on Wednesday night and they're like fuck this guy yeah you know is that what's going on because if it is and then like the the moderators like I get it some stuff like I remember one was from the g-string photo shoot we had yeah and like this this is the part that gets me right like it's the photo is like all frame it's like body legs and she's like you know sit, like kind of sitting on like on her knees sort of thing and the whole photo is like from belly button to knees wearing the black ink g-string and it says black ink across the front of it yeah amazing branding amazing positioning like very well put together photo and it's a female in underwear and nothing's exposed, nothing at all. Yeah. Like not even outlines are a problem. And it's like someone reported that and it's like on the front, you go like, oh, I kind of get it. But let's say for the point of comparison, we then look at your page. It's like, well, that makes everything on her page not right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So then you go, right, if we start doing this across the board, then you go, well, Tommy Lee put a picture up of his dick on Instagram and he still has his account. Yeah. Like of his dick. Yeah. Like, not kinder. Like, that's what <laughs> the picture was. Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are we talking about? I know. It's it's actual bullshit. Um, yeah. Because, like, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure I'm still shadow banned because I actually had to change my Instagram handle um, probably two or three months back. It was only, it was vintage.kaleidoscope after dark. Yeah. But because I got shadow banned, I was like, well, that's a whole bloody mouthful that people have to type in the whole yeah. thing. So I changed it to V.K. Yeah. After Dark or whatever it is. I think that, that handle VK. kind of slaps. So hey? V.K. After Dark is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, I know Vintage Kaleidoscope is a full name, but I think that's like, it's almost like a progression. Oh, it is. You know? And people don't even have have a clue yeah. where VK came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Look, hey, if I could change it to just after dark, that'd be Even sick. better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny <laughs> that I noticed my engagement went from 38,000, 36,000 on average every 30 days to this morning, it's 8.3,000. I post videos every day. Sometimes I'll post two or three videos a day. Yeah. They all have really good engagement as far as like the copy reviews will get 100 likes, 20 comments most of the time. Yeah. That's fairly fucking good engagement. Yeah. For local shit, that's pretty good engagement. And yet somehow you see these videos, like one of them has been sent like 17 or 17 or 18 times. And it's like that alone should be like close to, if not like two to 10,000 views. You know what I mean? That should be more than what I'm getting in 30 days. But for some reason, nobody is seeing the shit that I'm making. Yeah, it's you know? so weird, hey? And the, the part that drives me nuts is like, from the app's point of view, they're defending their, their advertisers, right? So they go, well, if you're going to post shit and we're trying to advertise Huggies Nappies and your story comes up and then you're, you're looking at my story, right? And then Instagram knows that you have babies. So they go, Huggies Nappies. Yeah. And my shit is a girl wearing underwear. And then you see, and you're like, oh, fucking, what's Instagram doing letting these two things cross-pollinate? So I understand from their point of view, they're trying to defend their advertisers just in case they don't quite vibe with what you're doing. But also, before you even have advertisers, you have to defend the time property that the app gets, right? So the time property is, you make your decision whether you're gonna go on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok. Yeah. You got an hour to spare, right? You spend the first 20 minutes on YouTube, you spend the second 20 minutes on Instagram, and the third 20 minutes on, in on TikTok. Unless YouTube is so fucking good, you don't make it to Instagram, right? Yeah. Or unless TikTok is so good from the last time that you don't even get to YouTube or Instagram. So, 
Instagram then goes, okay, well, if you post three bits of content a day, even if just one of them is really good and the other two are shit, we're going to prioritize you over the next person who posts two pieces of content. Yeah. Because you're giving people more of a reason to stay on the app, right? So you then go, okay, I post five to 20 stories a day. I post one to three pieces of content a day. And typically there's always a video in there that's very highly produced as far as online content is concerned. Oh, 4K, absolutely. edited yeah. captions, bullshit, overlays over the top. <laughs> and I get 8,300 people looking at my shit every 30 days, why don't I just go to TikTok? Yeah. You know, like what is the encouragement for me to spend all of this time not only engaging with people on this on, on this platform, but giving you stuff as well? It's like in, in the reality, like we are the commodity as the creator, not the platform. Yeah. And like I have, I have lost my page a few times mm. and I don't, I don't know how why it, it there's been no like notifications saying hey we don't like what you're doing yeah yeah like here's a warning you I just know. want to like find someone who makes that decision at instagram and just blow up their letterbox and just walk away and never tell them why and who did it yeah exactly you know what the fuck happened to my letterbox you're like yeah shit i say yeah it's terrible yeah it's and it's like holy shit that's my whole business yeah because i don't i've only now just put the dark room on um Facebook. Yeah. But it's so hard for me to like transport a VK after dark onto Facebook. Yeah. Because that kind of stuff does not vibe so well on Facebook. Well, yeah, Facebook's even more PG. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like I've got I do have a like a private group on Facebook. Yeah. But if you're spending so much time on one app, it's so hard to keep yeah. it cohesive through everything. So, Have you yeah. heard of this slush or slushy? No. no, it's like another app and you are, there's followers, subscribers and something else. So I think there's like a free element to it, a paid, like a paywall. like a community app? I think it's a social media app. I think that's yeah, the idea yeah. of it. And I think it's yeah. like a cross between like Graham and OnlyFans. I have a, f I, it's funny because I was on a, um, a boudoir photographer and she's like over in America. Yeah. Um, but she lost her page a little while ago. And she was talking about this paid community. So maybe it's a similar kind of thing. Mm. Are you on, do you have any, um, do you fuck with Patreon? I feel like Patreon's one of those things where I think it's pretty big in the US. Do you know what Patreon is? No. So Patreon is like a, it's like a, it's like a subscribing thing. You can have three levels of subscribership. It's like, you know, you might have one at $2.50 a month, one at $15 a month, and one at $80 a month. Yeah. And like podcasts will typically do it where they'll post the edited version of the podcast with no swear words, nothing talking about that virus that was around two years ago, mm -hmm. not talking about that guy that got <laughs> locked up in Romania, like any of those key words, not talking about Trump and shit like that. Yeah. They'll take all of that out and they put it on YouTube and they let YouTube put all the ads in the world on it so that the creator can monetize it, right? And then they'll get the raw, unedited podcast and put it on Patreon and say, right, right. everyone who pays a certain, like it could be 250 a month, it could be 15 a month or 80 a month, depending on how much you can afford to support this thing, but you get to see the whole thing. Swear words, topics, where we like tell, everything. we throw people under the bus on it, rah, rah, rah. And the cool thing is, as an audience member, you watch this and you hear this bizarre thing that they said, the likelihood of you sending that thing, that whatever it's bizarre about to the person that it offends, whether they're a celebrity or someone, is quite low because you've paid to be there. Yeah. You've got a buy-in, you know? So there's this relationship between the creator and the audience that is money 
that A, supports a creator and B, keeps that keeps it in like a, a club sort of thing because it's like, yeah, yeah, you're paid to be here. What are you going to give, give away for free? Yeah. You know? So I feel like that whole paid, um, that swap between like, I'm going to create something and people are going to digest it, creating some sort of like efficiency of payment so that there is that thing where like this is, you know, like I made this for, it's almost like artwork, you know, I paint this bit of artwork and then you pay for it and you get to hang it in your house and say like, yeah, I've, it's my fucking artwork, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like creating a, di- uh, creating a space for that where digital artwork can be commoditized, paid for, and then protected rather than being at the, at the fucking judgment of apps and people that we're never going to meet in our yeah. lives, you know? It's definitely a really cool kind of thing. It's a cool concept and yeah. it's a really good way to like battle this thing of, I'm in the same position, like my Instagram gets taken down. Yeah. Who, who am I communicating with? Yeah. You know, like how do you even start again? You, you can't. Like, it's bizarre. Yeah. I just... And like everyone's like, make it make your second account, make your second account. And I'm like, you can't bring everyone over to that second account or you, mm. you're just going to lose that sense of wholesomeness from the first account to the second account. And Yeah. And if I'm posting all that on a second account and getting people to go there, why don't I just do it with another app? Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm going to, you know, hey guys, just in case this gets taken out, make me on TikTok. And then you make a third thing. Okay, just in case this... Oh, if you really want to support me, follow me on Patreon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's one of those things where just... It's something that we have to handle uh, being in this new culture and this new world of like digital art. Yeah. But at the same time, if we figure it out, we become fucking millionaires. So <laughs> let's figure it the fuck out. You yeah, know? the 2K, the 200K doesn't sound so little then. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, What do you shoot with? <laughs> I shoot with Canon. Yeah. Um, it's a Canon RP. So it's the it's a baby, um, like mirrorless. So right. they're actually quite small because yeah. I have really bad wrist. Oh, like, right. Yeah, from like ba- having babies, old netball injuries, yeah, old yeah, basketball yeah. injuries, that kind of thing. I have really bad tendons in my wrist. Yeah. So it's a very small, like compact mirrorless camera. Yeah. Um, it's very beautiful. Um, I have been looking at upgrading, but it does what it does. Um, what, uh, what what lenses do you typically shoot with? So I shoot, I only have one lens that I run on that and it's a 50 mil. Yeah, classic. Um, 1.8, yeah. So yeah, it's, so super it's like dark. the nifty 50. Mm. Yeah, so I have been looking at getting like a 35 mil 1.4. Give yourself a bit more width to work with, hey? But they're like three grand. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that I... With, with my experience with photography, that three grand immediately is worth it. When you clip it oh. and you look through it, you're like, fucking hell, what are we doing? And like you I know? borrowed one of my friends because um, in March I went up to um, this Airbnb. That was a kink Airbnb. Yeah. Um, and I was like, fuck, I don't know what space I'm going to like have to work with because I know that my 50 in my studio is okay. Like it, it, I can still shoot in there. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, it's an Airbnb, it's going to be little. Yeah. Um, so I borrowed her 35 and she goes, look, it's not the most expensive 35. And yeah, so that three grand 35 is definitely going to be worth it. Yeah. Because this one, it was great and it did what it needed to do, but it kept, uh, it like kept um, me on my toes. It stopped like focusing or just have a hissy fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every so often. So I was like, I understand why people pay top dollar 
for just to get devices. like Canon on Canon makes a big deal. Like as soon as oh, you start going time. Sigma on Canon or tel Telecon or whatever on Canon, it's like they're great lenses yeah. until they're not. Yeah. And then they're really crap. Yeah, you know? and I had been looking at the Sigma art yeah. um, for a while because I think, you know, that's only 1800 or something like that. Right. Um, and I was like, no, I just, I've heard mixed reviews and I'm like, I don't want mixed reviews. I want, it is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, this is the thing with like, when you spend money, you get warranty and that warranty is, it means something, you know, oh, you go back to the Canon dealer and you're like, this is fucked. And they're like, cool, we'll fix that. Yeah. You know, and then you buy a Sigma lens off a fucking Chinese bar and it fucks up and you go to email them. The company doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, yeah, I deserve that. You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's definitely like one of my next investments. Yeah. Because oh, I that's the next thing is, is another lens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't like zoom, like zoom lenses. Yeah. I've got a couple like from my old camera. Yeah. They just can't. Like I literally bought my first camera off Marketplace for 800 bucks. Yeah, standard. And that's, that's what you meant to do. That's how I started my photography. Yeah. I just bought this camera. My friend gave me a couple of like pointers. I was not tech savvy at all. I was like, this is going to do. It was crop sensor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I took photos, like headshots with it the other day and I'm like, fuck, this is a clunky old piece of thing. Yeah, yeah, work. yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to invest the money that I had made into a new camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a new lens. Is do you do any video work at all? I have videoed and I am teaching myself how to video. However, yeah. I need to get a gimbal. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. like just handheld stabilization again with my wrist yeah useless i use premiere premiere pro to edit yeah and even when i'm like running it through a stabilization kind of thing you still see it to an to a degree yeah yeah because oh. obviously it's all handheld i'm not like i'm not a tripod shooter so god gave me the steadiest hands in the world i swear i'm, <laughs> I'm so lucky with that i see some people i like i got friends that i i know there are they're running gas in the gym and that, and you can like see them in the gym and they're fucking, it's like, don't you see how much you're shaking the yeah. phone right now? Yeah, I know. So. I, I thought I had stable hands and then I became a mother. Yeah. And like, yeah, no, not yeah. at all, not at all. It's such, um, especially like with phone stuff as well, because your phone weighs, you know, like 300 grams or something. It's like, it has no, no, like nothing. What do you call it? Like taking the impact of your shake. It's like yeah. exactly what you're doing to the camera is exactly what it's picking up. Oh, big time. And then once you zoom in a little bit, it's like, well, that's then times by four or five. So yeah. your little thing here is like fucking, oh, yeah. 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 I must admit, my phone's my phone's great for that because it has anti-stabilization yeah, yeah, yeah. things in it. So that's good. Yeah. Um, or anti-shutter or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, my camera, on the other hand. Yeah, it does not. It just shows you exactly what you're shooting. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do any, do you rely on your phone at all for taking photos? No. No? No. Um, no, I just, the quality. Like you go, like I do have pro mode and I can adjust like the aperture and all the rest on my phone, but just the quality Interesting. is just so, so different. Yeah. And I loved that blurred, beautiful background in my photos. So there's just no comparison. Yeah. And 50, 50 mil really does that. Hey, it like... It seems to be like out of your depth of field, it's like, unless it's right in the center there, it's like, she's gonna be blurry. So yeah. you do get that with the 50. It's like the subject is crisp and then everything else is just an idea. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, lo I love that. So that's, I will be looking at like the 30, 
five mil at the 1.4, yeah. um, which makes it again nice and soft. And yeah, like and you can work in such low light, and it will grab everything for yeah, you. And yeah. exactly, I was shit scared of working in low light, and then I got this mirrorless camera, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it seems to be the mirrorless kind of revolution has like changed. It's like changed travel photography. It's changed like from everywhere from like beginner to like probably the beginning of like professional photography is now all mirrorless. Yeah. It's all mirrorless. Like I got a backup Canon, the M50 and that's mirrorless. And it's like, oh, this takes better photos than any other SLR I've had. Yeah. Just point and shoot will take a better photo. Yeah. It's bizarre. Crazy, you know? Hey. Yeah. So like what used to be like a little digital camera now has more processing power and capturability than your big chunky thing with, you know, all the shit hanging off it. I know. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, I also have built a business off an iPhone and a laptop in the past two years. So I guess like... Oh, look, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you use what you ha have at your disposal. Yeah. Going back to where we started, actually, the, the this idea that people... Um, like, we were like, how the, how the fuck are you in business? Like, what? how did you get to where, where you were to like right now? I think that mentality of people thinking that like, if I'm going to be a photographer, I need to spend 10 grand on a camera. God, no. It's like you just need to take as many photos as you can with whatever thing takes photos around you right yeah, now. absolutely. Get really good at that. You and know? like I, and I say that to my clients all the time and like, it's also funny. They think I, they think I'm an, a professional photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not qualified. Yeah. I just know how to take photos. Again, you've just done, um, you've got the runs on the board. Yeah, like any, anyone can learn how to use a camera, mm. but it just depends on how you, creative wise like yeah. um but i have the dodgiest dodgiest technology yeah like honestly if anyone knows me i always have like just dodgy problems with my technology yeah um at my studio i have soft boxes that i bought off ebay but they work yeah. i don't have to spend 50 million dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. on a damn camera I can make what I've got work for me and it, and it has worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must admit that like right now with a podcast, like I'd really love to get some proper microphones that like hang in front of us and have the, the yeah. headphones on. So you know the sound is good because you can hear the sound is good. But I've just been making it work with what I've got for so long now that it's like, where's the light in the room today? Okay, we can, we'll move it this way and you know. Yeah, hey, hey it works. Yeah, yeah, it does for now. It does for now. I'm definitely fucking... The closer I get to that $200,000 goal, I'm getting some goddamn microphones. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's, I do need to upgrade in some technology yeah. today, uh, this year, but yeah, yeah it, what I have today works for me, so... Yeah, 100%. Anyway, how long have we been going? What's the time down there? Oh, oh yeah, we got a drip on camera. This is good. Rightio, if people <laughs> want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me on vk.afterdark on Instagram. Yeah. Um, they can find me, I don't know, at the studio in Spencer Street. Hell yeah. Actually, you've got... Um, I'm next to Daddy Dan. Yeah, yeah, Dan yeah. So yeah. I used to do meditation in the place next to where you are. Like the the, like you're in that building. You're like down closer to the end, aren't you? Kind of midway. I'm number four. Right. So, so I think it might have been like must be two or three. We used to go there like twice a week to do meditation for like like sports meditation where we'd visualize ourselves winning. Oh my gosh! The really? races we were gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I don't think that business is still there. No, I think that that was gone like. I mean, we're talking 15 years ago, so that's probably was gone 14 years ago, yeah. you know? There's definitely an interesting, like, collection of businesses that are there now. Yeah. Like, there's a church next 
like down the road from me. Yeah. There's the Undertaker, there's myself. Undertaker as in like to do with... The um, funeral home. Yeah, true. Yeah. There's... Um, <laughs> Not the wrestling stuff. No, no. <laughs> there's um, the, the ghost whisperer next door to me. Is um, that like a fucking... Uh, a metaphor for something or literally no no it's a business hell yeah, yeah. fuck yeah that's hilarious so the, yeah there's a, a whole heap I think there's a little watchmaker at the yeah. end like there's just a whole heap of different unique businesses around yeah. um, in How my crazy. area so they can drop in say hello I'm not there all the time yeah but um, yeah on weekends and stuff I am so. unreal yeah, you just, just got to knock first, just so no one's thinking. Just double, double check, please. <laughs> so, and I, I probably only because we haven't actually completely wrapped up what you do. If you were to explain what you do in two sentences, what is it? Jeez. Okay, well, I'm a photographer, but I am an empowerment photographer. So I just like to make you realize how unique and beautiful you are um i kind of break down societies like beauty standards um yeah i don't know i don't know like i'm a bit of everything Hell yeah but yeah i i just want for my clients to come to me and realize that they are unique rather than trying to fit into some kind of standard so yep. yeah and just like bring back what beauty is to them unreal yeah sweet i love it well thank you very much for coming on the podcast thanks for having me and thanks everyone for watching you know what to do like them subscribe do the thing because we are fucking out you you